So what can you and I learn from a radio pro who's taught radio at the Illinois Center of Broadcasting on air and a producer with She 100.3 in Chicago and a programmer with some very solid companies uh, tucked into his career all the way across the years? Well, let's add to that. Today's guest is also the new country format captain at Zimmer Radio a group that is known for wise decisions and educating clients. Very impressive, actually. Uh, Look, that's an ideal person for us to talk to with the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, don't you think? There's not one single person in radio today that couldn't learn something they can use from our expert today in the areas that our expert is expert in. Are you ready? To enjoy any of our episodes, the only thing that you need is to be able to be interested in others, want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing some great stories from an amazing radio pro and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We provide affordable help for broadcasters, local broadcasters, looking to make more money. We're branding specialists, of course, who help our clients fully develop the right position for their local radio market, coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce daily music logs if our client needs that. Of course, we provide excellent voice trackers when needed, sales and promotions ideas that move the revenue needle, and more. We're highly confidential and market exclusive. Do you have a problem that gets in that next level of revenue kind of way or gets in the way of that next ratchet up in ratings? Reach out anytime. And we'll be glad to have the conversation with you, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for providing our, uh, or producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We're only about a minute away from talking with Rob Rose, country format captain and program director, Zimmer Radio. Listen, you can see our full guest calendar all the way into February 2023. It's right around the corner. And of course, you can get this in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. That includes our upcoming Q1 sales event for radio. We're calling this Leveraging Radio's Relationship with Consumers, Radio's Real Value Story. So that is actually coming up. You can share this with your favorite seller, sales manager, or market manager. The event is actually January the 12th right here on this podcast. We don't lock away anything the way some consultants do on their websites. Uh, That's because we believe in this theory of abundance. Ask me about it sometimes. I'll be glad to share it with you. Go to RainmakerPathway.com and see what you can get for free anytime from our team. Rob, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you? Lloyd, great. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, anytime I get to talk to somebody who's as much of a radio pro as you, it's always a good thing for me because I always pick up some knowledge I didn't have before. 
I always hear about experiences that that I've not had, and sometimes some experiences that I have had, which it's makes a connection for me right one of those crazy things be called a radio pro i just don't think of myself that way just you know coming up on four days away from 34 years in the business man i'm just doing what i love (laughs) well you know what get ready because we're encouragers here on this podcast and that's exactly what we're going to call you because you absolutely earned it and uh merit it and so the first thing that i noticed about you is that you're actually a graduate of the of the Columbia School of Broadcasting. Can you tell us about that experience? Was it your goal from way back to go into the radio business? It was, and my dad started it, you know, sitting me on his lap when I was a kid growing up in Chicago and listening to the big jocks on WLSAM, John Landecker and Larry Lujak and, you know, little Tommy and hearing all the big guys uh, you know, with the headphones on my dad's lap really got me into it. And then he actually took me to my first radio remote when 104.3 in Chicago was WJJD. It was a country station. And John Charleston was the jock. And I will never forget that because when I worked for Hubbard Radio years later, his son was one of our salespeople. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting. You talk about the Chicago experience. There are so many people we talk to who talk about listening to tuning in and listening to WLS mm-hmm. and John Records Landecker and all that. And these are people from all across the country. But here you are sitting on your dad's lap right there in Chicago. Had to be a totally different out-of-body experience. Definitely. Well, and like I said, getting to actually go and see this this live radio broadcast with with John, that's what really lit the the flame. And all through high school, my goal was to get into do an internship with B96 because that was my favorite station. And I actually accomplished that when I was 18. What year is this we're talking about? 1987. Was that Buddy Scott? It was. He was the program director and <laughs> Jobo before he went to do mornings with Eddie, before it was Eddie and Jobo. Jobo was doing nights on B96 and I was his intern. So interesting. So I bet you could share some real stories. Uh, I'm still friends, very close friends with Buddy today. And uh he tells some great stories, and that certainly that part of his life was pretty good, too. Let's talk about first experiences for you. How did you first experience work in radio? So after the internship, I kind of hung out in Chicago because I wasn't really sure I wanted to leave, which as an instructor at Illinois School of Broadcasting, Illinois Center for Broadcasting, and a lot of the students were like that. They had the same attitude is once they graduated the program, they really didn't want to leave the city. Even though we, you know, hammered it into them, look, you're going to have to go to small town America to get your first gig and work your way up. But um, for me, it was a move to Peoria, Illinois, and starting as a part time board op at WXCL AM. I was running the Real Country Satellite Network. Ooh, you're you were in the big time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I'm going to mention some companies here. Of course, Town Square Media, mm-hmm. Hubbard, Saga, Midwest Family Broadcasting. These are some very respected and really good broadcast companies. What did you learn as you worked for these different kinds of broadcasters? 
Well, the great thing of, of being diverse like that and kind of moving across the country and getting a chance to work with different companies is just seeing how everybody's view of the industry is and kind of how they think things you know should be done. Getting to work with different consultants was great too, learning how research was done, learning how you know, auditorium tests happen, just picking it all up along the way and being a sponge is really the way to go. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, I, I call that a coaching tree. When you work closely with different consultants, you know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that term coaching tree it really comes out of uh, football, I, I suppose. It. Yeah, but it's like, basically, if you've been mentored by somebody, you're in their coaching tree. And, and your influence is their influence, so, so to speak, if you know what I mean. Right. So I lo I love that you have this diverse background. It it just looks like education to me. When you look back on your career so far, I, I think we want to know this. Do you think you've always charted your way or do you think you've been lucky or both? I think maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I knew I wanted to be a program director and I actually had a general manager when I worked in Wisconsin try to talk me into doing sales I kind of, of wish that I would have at least tried that because eventually I would maybe like to be a market manager someday, maybe before I retire. But really, right now, I'm enjoying programming. So, well, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that fabulous job you got. And no wonder you are pretty excited. But listen, I was amazed looking at your background. It includes education as a CNA with the Illinois School of Health Careers. Did I read that right? Is that a backup career? Yeah, I was actually a patient care technician role. And so you're kind of like almost a nurse, but you can't administer injections. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, that was just in case the radio thing didn't happen. And it, it turned bad for some reason, I would have something to fall back on. Wow. And, and what did it teach you? Because that's a whole different experience, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, for one thing, you have to have the heart for that. I mean, to be oh, yes. to take care of someone when they're sick, that takes a big heart. And I'm really lucky that my daughter definitely has that. She's getting ready to graduate nursing school in Peoria in about a week. So, Well, you know, I have a friend of mine who does voiceover work and he is uh, the head, I guess, head in EMT in some neighborhood near where he lives. And, huh. and he said that he got really arrogant during his programming career. And he thought that he was really everything. And he was so smart and all this. And he said, I got to get grounded. He said, boy, you go do that work. You get grounded on day one and you never come off the ground. That was going to be my second thing. It's like, you know, the next thing that you learn is empathy and patience. Yes. Yes. <laughs> which is which yeah, is important in all of our jobs, right? Absolutely. I mean, to be, you know, empathetic with your staff as a manager is a really important aspect of management, I think. So I, I think it is. I always say in our consulting practice, we say people first, mm -hmm. people first. I know that it's popular to say things like that, but really, it's always something that we keep in mind in every decision that we make and everything that we do. Listen to this quote about you, Rob. Quote, I had a great opportunity to work for Rob when he was the operations manager at Saga in Springfield, Illinois. He used his knowledge, insights, and programming expertise to encourage, teach, and motivate me to be better, unquote. 
What is the best way you've learned to meet talent where they are and inspire them to achieve more with the gifts that they possess? Well, my motto is you don't get respect just because you have a title. You have to earn that respect. So I like to get to come into a new situation. And this current situation that I'm in with Zimmer is a great example of that. I haven't really started coaching sessions with the talent yet, even though I've been in the building since the middle of September, because I really feel like I need to build relationships with each air talent, kind of get to know them as people, and then start down that path. I don't really think you should come in and tell anybody what they should or shouldn't be doing until you've earned their respect. And it's that's so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's so important to connect with people and once you have that connection and that trust, it just means everything, right? Yes. And then once you've got it, you know, that is when you step in and you're like, hey, what you do is great. I love everything that you do. Here are a couple of ways that you could maybe improve on a few of these things. You know, I've always loved growing talent and coaching talent and knowing that down the line, if they get really successful and they go on to a great career, that you had a small part in helping them get there. That's right. And and I will say this too. It's really humbling once you realize, you know, it's that whole thing of critiquing a talent or, or trying to coach a talent. There's right. so much more responsibility on the person that's trying to do it because you have to win their approval to go on that journey with you. Completely. I mean, we've all had bad air checks in the business, right? Where you sit down yes. with somebody and they just say, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. And you get berated and you walk out and you feel deflated. Yes. You know, that's not motivational. <laughs> you know, no. I've never had a, you know, a really bad, bad manager like that, but sort of. So you kind of learn, look, this is not how I want to treat people. So right. you, you step in going forward and you try to be as encouraging as you possibly can be. You know, you're surprising in a number of ways. First, we had the little stop with CNA, but now I got to say this to you. You were an instructor at the Illinois Center for Broadcasting, how did you get involved? What what happened to you, man? And what did you learn? <laughs> well, in 2009, I was working as an operations manager in Flagstaff, Arizona, and just decided, you know, I really want to go home. So I called my best friend, Rob, and I said, listen, man, I'm really just homesick for Chicago. He just said, man, you know what? I just got, got a divorce. Come back and crash on the couch. And we'll work it out from there. So I ended up at Hubbard Radio, which was then Bonneville still, uh, yeah. part-time at 100.3 in Chicago. And I thought, okay, well, what else am I going to do to supplement this until this, you know, maybe hopefully blossoms into something full-time? So I started looking around and I thought, you know, I've been doing this for so many years at the time. And I thought, okay, the requirement in the state of Illinois says you have to have 6,000 hours in your chosen profession to be a certified instructor. So I went ahead and got the certification. All you need to do is apply and provide proof from past employers that you've got the 6,000 hours and they give you a certificate. Nice. Contacted the school and they were like, yeah, actually we're opening up a new campus in downtown Chicago and we need a lead instructor to open it up. Come on down. Downtown Chicago. Yeah, State and Lake was great. Well, 
Well, now you've got to be honest with us. Uh, maybe it was family, but was it the hot dogs? Because <laughs> you can't get those in Flagstaff. I'm pretty sure. No, you can't. And the, the celery salt, you know, there's no equal. Um, and the pizza. I was about to say the pizza, but here's the oh weird part God. about me being from Chicago. I'm not a deep dish guy. I like thin crust. <laughs> I like thin crust too, but I've never experienced anything like that. Chicago. When I went to Chicago, this happened this year, actually. I was stunned at how great that is. It is really good. It's and the stuff is really, I mean, filling. I mean, one piece and you're oh, kind yeah. of done. But Giordano's is a great one for that. All right. So you know I'm gonna pepper you with some quotes because you're about to get a second one. Here is a quote about you that I think actually might be important to talk about. Quote, Rob and I worked together in a terrific partnership while I was the general sales manager and he was the program director of WNNS in Springfield. You must have had an impression on these people. (laughs) I immediately felt comfortable uh, in this partnership with Rob and we worked together in a very positive atmosphere with the goal of creating a great sounding station that made money, unquote. Today's revenue is certainly um, more of a focus in our business than probably it's ever been, and rightly so. What's your best advice for working with sales managers and the other side of the radio business for programmers and those who are on the air? Well, one of the interesting things about working in Chicago over the span of 11 years between full and and part-time was watching the metamorphosis in a major market where programming dictated everything. And you you watch that metamorphosis from, you know, we're only going to run this many units an hour. Sponsors can only be on one break an hour. There's all these rules that programming has, right? And you watch that metamorphosis from programming running the show to sales running the show where it's like, no, we're going to run it as many times an hour as we want. They're going to sponsor whatever. And now you have to come up with features and sellable promotions for us to make money. (laughs) So It was interesting to watch that shift because spending all that time in the smaller markets, that's kind of the way it always was. You know, you always had to come up with great promotions for them to sell, be very sales friendly and programming kind of had to shift in, in the big time. It wasn't there yet, but I think really the bottom line is radio is a business, you know, and yes, there's the entertainment part that's going to draw the business, but you have to be partners with your sales folks. And as salespeople, I always thought they have the hardest job in the building because as human beings, we don't like rejection. We don't like to be told no. And they hear no a hundred times a day. From in and out of the building. Right. So they need to be lifted up and they need to know that when they come back to the building, that's the safe haven. That's where the partnerships are. That's where the, hey, man, we can make this work is going to happen. So for anybody that's out there that's in that role, I mean, there are places I've been where it's been, no, it's us against them. (laughs) Yeah. You really can't have that attitude anymore. It doesn't work. Rob, you know, you just got a gold star from the encouragers because you just used the words lift them up. And you used it with salespeople, which gets you a double star here because they do get rejected all the time. I think people underestimate the power of rejection and and how that can really have an adverse effect. And some of the greatest salespeople, they just don't hear the rejection, I guess. 
Yeah. So listen, let's talk about this with you. Do you have a mentor in our business? And if so, what have you benefited from with this mentor or mentors? Well, so there's been a couple. Um, Les Jacoby, who went by Les Howard on the air. Oh, yeah. He was the guy who hired me and he spent decades at Sunny 104.3 in West Palm Beach. Um, then did some time in Myrtle Beach. I maybe say Georgia. Now he's down in Florida. And I think he's maybe dabbling, but for the most part retired. But he's the one who gave me the shot from being the board op on the AM side to going over to the FM side and doing overnights back in the day when overnights was still live. Yeah. Um, So he's the one who gave me the shot and coached me on the air and took me from being this greenhorn who really didn't know much about what I should be talking about to how to prep a show and how to actually sound and how to do formatics and all of that. So there's my- my Was Les a a good coach? He was great. Really? He was great. And he'd probably kill me for saying this. I don't know if you've ever seen him, but he looks exactly like Gabe Kaplan, the guy who played Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> hey, man, I know Les. So I've run across him a couple of different times in my career. And of course, we've been friendly with each other in other environments as too. And and I I have been to his office in West Palm Beach once upon a time, too. So nice. You know, Just a fantastic it, individual. Just a great yeah. human. human. Mm-hmm. And a radio guy. No doubt. And then right, the next so, one would be Steve Cook. He went by oh. Steve. He went by Steve Cook on the air. Real name Steve Bednarski. Believe it or not, he's actually a nurse now. Got out of the business and went into nursing. But he's the one who sat and taught me uh, at the time Power Gold music scheduling software. Oh, right. Gave me the first chance to actually get into programming a station. So those are my two. Boy, now I'm going to, I'm marking that next to your name right here. Hold on. Okay. Now I know you really do have a diverse background. Okay. So let's talk about Zimmer Communications, Zimmer Radio. Uh, Look, they're great broadcasters who are known for paying very close attention to their product. They appear to be very focused on one of my favorite words, whether it's with consumers or customers, experience and effectiveness for clients. How did they come in contact with you? I actually came in contact with them. And it's a funny story. I had heart surgery back in July. Oh and I was getting ready to, and my wife and I had been talking about, we were down in Texas and really far away from the kids and thought, man, we'd really love to get back to being close within driving distance, at least to the kids. So I started kind of looking around and Zimmer had an ad for a country format captain out. So I went ahead and shot the GM a note on LinkedIn. And I just said, hey, hey, Carla, I'm getting ready to go in for heart surgery, but you have this opening I'm really interested in. Should I go ahead and apply anyway? And she said, heck yes, I'll make sure they talk to you. (laughs) Well, so let's see. The way to get a really great job in radio is tell them I'm having heart surgery but I wonder if you'll consider me for this job. <laughs> there you go. It's a shoe in. <laughs> By the way, it may not work for everyone. So, right. So listen, uh, it's funny that you say that right before this question. Oh, my gosh, people are going to think I'm terrible. How is the health of the country format right now, in your opinion? Well, I mean, the format itself is cyclical. We all know that. Anybody who's been around it for any length of you know time knows 
the artists, sometimes it's artist driven, sometimes it's song driven. Um, sometimes the songs are good. Sometimes we go through a phase where they're bad. And, you know, yeah. we went through a phase for about a year and a half ish where the product just hadn't really been that great. And I think we're kind of coming out of it now. And, you know, we've got the sound that's coming out of Nashville with Chris Stapleton and guys like Bailey Zimmerman and Jelly Roll. My consultant, Kenny J, kind of calls it the Yellowstone sound, but it's so, starting to sound country again. And that's kind of what we need. So, oh, yeah, it's interesting. Country for country. Hmm. <laughs> right. That's think, an idea. I think it's back on the upswing. And I think it's a great time to be in the format. And boy, I couldn't ask for a better landscape than KCLR. I mean, this, this station's been legendary for decades without me. So, it's an honor to come in and join this staff. So I want you to tell me about your local station and your vision for helping others in your local group, as well as uh, country stations in general in the company. Well, um, we've started Real Country 101.3 in Springfield, Missouri. That launched a couple of years ago, and it's still in growth mode. Uh, We're going to be doing some things with mornings down there and having some fun and, you know, seeing where things land. But Uh, There's a lot of opportunity down there and for only being on for a couple of years and and crawling up to second place in the market right behind KTTS is really, really amazing. Uh, Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) The team down there does a great job and uh, we've got somebody new coming in to join in an operations role down there. uh, Chris Michaels from Peoria. So that'll be exciting. Uh, I just took over as program director of KATI in Jefferson City, uh, Cat Country, 94.3. So there's some opportunity to grow that brand. We got the morning show from eight years ago put back together, Hilly and Hart. Um, And then as far as KCLR here in Columbia, these guys have been at it and a group together for a long, long time. I mean, Scotty in the morning has been there 20 plus years He's got a really amazing co-hostess now in Liz, and there's just tons of opportunity. Opportunity is like the key word right now. Well, and look, there's power in people being in place for a long time. You know, we tell our clients all the time that brand is another word for relationship. And nothing gets you a great relationship like really great personalities, especially those who have been in place for a long time. No doubt. And that's one of the key things. I mean, when I first got here, Lloyd, I'll be honest with you, you know, kind of the old programming mindset of forward momentum and let's keep the tunes rolling. But I mean, if you really stop and think radio is kind of evolving where the personalities are what's making the difference because they can hear these songs on Spotify, Pandora, all these other places. Yes. What's going to set us apart is our personalities. And I've kind of changed my way of thinking on, well, I, I, it's okay to stop down for a minute and talk if you've got something interesting to say. That's right. That's right. I, I have talent ask me all the time. They go, how long is the proper length to talk? And I went, uh, I don't know that answer. And they go, wait, wait, but you're the consultant. And I go, yeah, uh, here's the answer. When you stop saying things that are more compelling than the record that you could put on, shut up and play the song. Yes. Until yes. then, okay, you know, but but really have confidence that you're bringing some content that's really important, right? 
Exactly. And that you're connecting with your listeners and letting them know more about you, too. Oh, that vulnerability is big, I think. It's part mm -hmm. of that building that relationship with somebody. They don't want a relationship with somebody who's perfect and slick. Exactly. They want a, a relationship with somebody who's real, like they are afraid to be real with other people. It's amazing think, what humans will do. I think that's what's going to save radio. I mean, you read all these notices from you know, some places that, oh, radio's all doom and gloom and it's not going to last and its days are numbered and this and this and that. I think what's going to save us and set us apart is our talent. Yes. Yes. All right. So I'm, I'm glad that we're in this part of the interview because I get to I get to slam you right with this. So here it comes. <laughs> what's the most this is sort of a loaded question. So I apologize in advance. What's the most fun you've ever had in radio? Honestly, if I had to look back, aside from the chance to work in Chicago, which was my dream as a kid, um, which, by the way, there's nothing different between working in a major market and working in Springfield, Illinois. You just have a bigger audience. Um, right. For me, anyway, the experience was kind of really similar. Um, when I went to the Quad Cities in 2000 to KBEA for Cumulus, this was right after Cumulus got in trouble for fabricating their quarterly earnings. Oops. And they had to, the, like the third or fourth quarter of 99, they fabricated numbers. And the stock plummeted from $33 a share to $3.85. And Ooh. we lost our promotions budget. We lost the budget <laughs> to hire a morning co-host. So I had to switch from doing middays to mornings with my partner. And we did this grassroots marketing campaign where we went out with our station van and just parked it on the corner and did these parking lot parties all over the market. And in the first book, we took our competitor down in half. There you go. What were you trying to be real there? What were you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just doing these parties. We had Papa John's pizza and we would, the, the, we called it the jam van. We put a 7,000 watt stereo system in this thing and you would open the back doors and it was a big wall of speakers and people would come and dance and eat pizza. And we had a, a trade for some static stickers when people would still put, put static stickers on their cars. <laughs> yes. I listen. I beg people all the time to do not underestimate the power of creativity. Do not misunderstand <laughs> the value of being able to make somebody smile and do not misunderstand the great value of having fun. Right. Exactly. And getting right, out so, the community too. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, that being alive and local thing is about connecting with your community, connecting with important tribes in your community. It's not just what you do on the air. It's who you are. Right. Which is harder when you're in Chicago and you've got 9,000 neighborhoods to hit, you know, but you can still do it. I guarantee you. Tough, tough yep. for sure. Hey, listen, so you said you you were down in Texas. You had this heart thing going on. I assume everything is good. I hope it is. Yes, aortic valve replacement and um, things are much better. So you're like the bionic man then. <laughs> they can and, rebuild him. And listen, are you, you're close to your kids? Uh, yeah, my daughter's a four hour drive away and my stepkids are six. 
Hey man, that's that's like uh, that's the Seinfeld version of close, but not too close. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's no drop in, but you can go see, and they can come see anytime you want. So, right. look, this leaves us with kind of a view of the future. Okay, and we're so grateful to get this time with you. In your view, and I know that nobody knows the future, nobody knows how to tell the future. If, if somebody says that to me, I go, oh, well, you definitely don't know. But how do you see the future of radio? What's your perspective today? Well, it's a little scary when you read stories about how, you know, legislators have to, you know, be told not to, or are writing letters to car makers to say, don't take AM radio out of cars. Sure. Um, you know, so it can be a little scary at times, but all I can think of is, is that, you know, our, our people who are in charge that we voted into office are going to take care of us and not allow silly things like that to happen. Um, like I said before, I really think talent is what's going to save the industry, letting people have some, have the freedom to talk. And, and the sad part about that is in major markets, the way PPM works, programmers are so worried about talk especially for music stations they want you to shut up and play the hits you've got to not let this ratings company dictate how you program your stations or maybe we will end up bad i don't know but to me it's ignoring that sort of thing and just letting people be personalities you know rob uh, a lot of people uh, talk about that in a lot of different ways and most people do have the conversation when it comes to ppm of less is more and you know, my concern in those situations is that your radio station might become nothing if you reduce it. A lot of people in diary markets have reduced based on what's happening in PPM. And it's like, uh, hello, uh, what, what's happening here? You know, right. Here's what I think the truth is, Rob. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Right. So is there should you focus on that some? Yes. Should you eliminate all of the spirit and energy and swagger out of your radio station? Well, I don't think so. I don't think that'd be good for anybody. Right. Right. But stopping down for like a minute, maybe if you're not doing a morning show to just do a, a, you know, a content bit out there once or twice an hour, that's not going to kill you. Probably not. And listen, and you have to think this is an exciting chapter for you. Uh, here you are with Zimmer and you get to learn, uh, uh, if not an entire new way, certainly their perspective on how their company's doing it. It must be pretty exciting for you. Lloyd, I'll tell you what, I feel like I've hit radio heaven. And that was the first thing that I said when I got here and start, you know, started to get to know the folks and their way of thinking and how they handle clients and the brand's formation education that they do and how they look at radio as a whole. I, I really have hit radio heaven. I hope that they never decide to throw me out because this is where I want to retire from. So <laughs> nice. Well, I'm, I've been watching them for a long time and, and you just see how how dedicated they are even to their social messaging about sales mm -hmm. and, and really forget the word sales. It's really about educating people about choices to help them reach their goals. And I think that's, a, that's admirable that more people should be doing it. Well, these are the first people, honestly, that I've ever worked for who actually look at the situation and go, 
if they don't succeed with this advertising, they're not going to be repeat customers. They're going to think it doesn't work. So how can we, you know, handhold them and get them to the point and they they've got metrics in place. There's ways to track. They're like, look, if the strategy is not working, let's switch it up. They That's do right. work with people to make sure that the advertising works and that it's tangible. There's tangible proof that it does. Rob, people don't know this about you, but you had a very rough day and a rough week, and and yet you still managed to light us up here and spend this time with us. And I want to thank you for being our guest today. Hey, Lloyd, can I do one shameless plug? I wish you would. All right. We're looking for a format captain for our news talk stations. If there's any Ooh. talent out there that wants to you know, come work for this fantastic company, get online. ZRG Radio, I believe, is the web address. ZRGradio.com, Zimmer Communications in Missouri. But yeah, always looking for great talent. Did you hear that? They're looking for somebody maybe just like you. So get on the stick. What's that email address again? Um, I think it's ZRG Radio. But if it isn't, give your email address and that way we're covered. So my email address is rose at mailzimmer.com, R-R-O-S-E at M-A-I-L-Z-I-M-M-E-R.com. Get a, get a no, hold of me. No excuses, people. There it is right there. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside the blog at rainmakerpathway.com at any time. We do that for sellers. Because we're here to encourage radio pros at all levels. That definitely includes your salespeople. Subscribe anytime to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Listen to our episodes on our large and growing archive. You know, we're nearing 100 episodes now. And we get new episodes each week. Usually Monday nights, we drop a new episode for you. And here's the promise I'll make you. You will learn unexpected and valuable things because of one thing about every one of these episodes. And that is we have the greatest guests. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, it is really simple. Get to me any way you can. But here's my email address. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. Like we like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you even for any reason want to know, what in the heck does he mean by that? You call me up. I'll be glad to share it with you. We want to thank our special guest for this podcast episode. Of course, Rob Rose for spending this time with us, for being our patient and giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available pronto, almost immediately. Probably if you're listening to this, it's already out there. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others, others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio. They can subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything else from this episode or any episode of our podcast, remember this, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night.